Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plus, with myself, Stephen Esbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, <laughs> Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed for a very vigorous welcome. Hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome back. This is episode number 232. Thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, though, we've got one game to, to review. Unfortunately, it's a loss. And we've had a pretty active week of uh, goings on at the club, so we're going to remind you of what's happened, just in case you've missed anything. Um, plus, we've got loads of views, loads of fan views, loads of our views, lots of opinions and thoughts on everything. But first, and as always, we start off with the home of the 15% discount with a word from our sponsor. Yeah, the 15% discount in full flow once again. Our sponsors are AJF plastering who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company they cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work specializing in silicone color render systems and you must know this by now ladies and gentlemen the best part is they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff so if you need anything done with silicone colour render systems or just anything that you think Adam and the boys can help you with, get in contact with the team. You can drop the guys an email at ajfplastering.com. You can look at the guys' website, which is www.ajfplastering.co.uk. The team are on Facebook and on Instagram, ajfplastering. Or if you're on Twitter, go and friends up and follow Big Ads with a Z, LOFC, and that's where you can find Adam, so five ways to get into contact for AJF plastering, and like we said, 15% off. What an offer! And we can see this week more O's fans have taken advantage of the offer and are very, very happy with the work that Adam and the team have done for them. Absolutely. So, moving on, then, a few bits of AOB this week. We'd like to take a moment just to wish Julian Lillington a very speedy recovery after he was admitted to hospital and is now recovering from his keyhole surgery from earlier in the week. Yeah, wish you well, Julian. We were also saddened to hear that late night supporters club stalwart Simon Feldman was hospitalised earlier this week. His family were hoping he would be home for the weekend. Uh, we hope he is and we wish him a very speedy recovery. And just a quick note, we missed this last week. Congratulations to Captain Fantastic Joby McEnough, who made his 150th Leighton Orient appearance last week. Well done, Jobes. Yep. 150 more uh, by the time he's 43 and still <laughs> flying. As we all know, Joby, he will be. He'll and be like that Japanese life. striker, won't he? 53 and still banging the goals in. Yeah, or Roger Miller. Yeah. yeah. And last part of AOB, we wish assistant away travel steward Gary McCullum, who is currently in hospital suffering with COVID, a very speedy recovery. And all those fans around the world, if any of you are suffering, we wish you all speedy recovery. And we've got a great community on Twitter. So if you're ever feeling down, want to get in contact with us, you know, give us an email or an outlook at outlook.com or give us a tweet. We'll be more than happy you know, to share the love, get you involved and hopefully to uh, make you guys feel better. Absolutely. Um, Well said. So moving on then, we're just going to quickly cover what's happened in the last seven days. We'll start off as always with Coulson Monday, which was the 18th of January. Turned out to be a busy and eventful day in the end as Dan Happy started the day off with Joby McEnough being named in the Skybet League 2 Team of the Week. Ross Embleton was also named Manager of the Week following our 2-0 win over Morkins, so well done to all three of you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit like Manic Monday. Do you remember about five years ago when we signed Chizak? Uh, wow. And a few other players on that Monday, when we had that Manic Monday theme. It was a bit like that. So let's move on. And that was first things first. And later in the day, the club announced possibly one of the worst kept transfer secrets of the window as it started taking hold in the morning. Got announced in the afternoon that we had signed 25-year-old attacking midfielder Nick Freeman on loan for the rest of the season from championship team Wickham Wanderers. Nick was interviewed by the club and he said, I'm buzzing to be here. This is a big club. I've played against Leighton Orient. They have high expectations and I'm excited to be here. So bearded legend, what were your thoughts on the signing of Nick Freeman? 
Yeah, I, I, lots of lots of fans from Wickham speak very, very highly of him, which can only be a good thing because usually you can't wait to get rid of a player. But, uh, you know, he can play in literally every position except goalkeeper. He's got promotion experience on his credentials at 25 as well. He's got back, you know, uh, he's got two promotion credentials there from Wickham, helping Wickham get out of League Two and League One. So I think that's real high pedigree and I think that that fits into the, the plan of having players here who can play at a higher level um, I think he'd be a great addition to the team and certainly some of the um, you know snippets that I've seen of him he looks really good yeah for yeah. me I mean I hadn't I hadn't really heard much of him like I wasn't a player that I knew of but I think like you said a lot of Wickham fans um, saying how sad they were to see him leave and saying he was far too good to be playing in League 2 so that was very positive um, to see like the highlights reel of the club put out was really good. He can pick a pass, he can score a goal, he seems to have good movement. Uh, and from what he said, he seems like an exciting player, like Dan Kemp does uh, mm. as well. And you'd imagine that he would be in the starting 11 when he reaches match fitness. So it'd be interesting to see kind of how Ross sees him fitting into the system. Mm. As, you know, if he's part of the three in the middle, does Ross see him challenging for a spot on the left side of the attack? You know, maybe the right side of attack now following what happened yesterday to Leanne Goal. So, very interesting. But yeah, you know, getting a, a player with two promotions on their CV um, and a good pedigree, nothing, you know, for me to moan about with that one. So, I was really happy with that one. I absolutely, I, I think you've called that spot on. I think that the fact that he can play in a multitude of positions as well, you know, if we need to push on and get more attack minded, then we can push him maybe as a 10 behind the front behind the front man, whoever that is. Um, but likewise, maybe where Joby can't play, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I know that's not our spot at the moment, but that will come up soon because of some games that have been delayed. So, you know, maybe Nick will be the one that will lead the charge in that regard. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, a, it's good. And, and also signing a player that can play in several positions can only be a good thing. It, you know, that's what he's been doing at Wickham. So, you know, I think that's a very interesting and well-found signing as well. So, kudos to... Um, to Steve, uh, to um, Steve Foster, Martin, and uh, and Ross for getting him in uh, as well. Also, then on that Monday, Crawley Town announced what I had predicted that JMD had had signed for them on loan for the rest of the season. Uh, Ross said we care about people at this football club. Sometimes things don't happen. He's not been able to break into the team. This works perfectly for Jordan. It's a club that's close to where he lives. It's a good opportunity to go and get minutes and make an impression. Yeah, so you said last week you called it perfectly, Mr. Levy. You yeah. got it spot on. So what were your views on on Jordan leaving, uh, Mystic Levy? Well, I'm very pleased that I polished my crystal ball before we, <laughs> we started recording, uh, obviously. Um, I had the lottery numbers as well. I, I won a whole £6.80 this week on the Euros, so I'm not <laughs> going to be retiring anytime soon, but a win's a win. Um, he's a player who divides opinion, isn't he? You know, on his day, he's brilliant. Um, but unfortunately, he doesn't have those days often enough. Um, you know, when he does come on and play, he does get assists. And, and probably from a stat perspective, he's probably good in that regard. But, I'm you know, he wants to play more minutes. Ross can't give him that. Connor's done very, very well in his position and kept him out the squad. Um, but when, when he did... Uh, when he did play and he didn't get any assists, he really didn't offer too much more to the team. He doesn't track back. He's not getting stuck in. And it, it, I guess you'd probably class him as a bit of a luxury player. Um, he's fine when you're you're in good form and he's, he's fine when, you know, you're scoring and, and, and you're very counter-attack. He's that kind of problem, you know, that sort of player. But when you're not and you need to dig in, and this is League Two, not the Premier League... Um, you know, there are teams like Morecambe that will set to come and put five, you know, ten behind the ball. Um, he's not the sort of player that I think will, will 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 help us. So good luck to him at Crawley. It's a shame it hasn't worked out with us. It's a move closer to where he lives, so it's a win-win all round. Really, your views? Yeah, um, I'm not sure at the moment. I've got to be honest. It's I, I get the reason why the club have let him go and why he wants to move. But on his day, he was talking about kind of the creative players that we need and especially given the fact that we had another injury up top yesterday is I'm not sure I think time will tell obviously if he goes to Crawley and plays a pivotal role in getting them promoted and gets them in the playoffs and we don't then it hasn't yeah. worked in our favour um, but then if we go into the playoffs and Crawley don't then it's worked well 
like you said, on his day, he could be a very good player. He's got a hell of a cross on him. He can take a dead ball. But like you said, at the same time, he doesn't really track back. He's too lightweight to play in the middle of a midfield three, yeah. which is the system we play. And Connor Wilkinson is has had a fantastic season and he's never dislodging Connor. So I get it. Time will tell. It's a shame to see him go. Like he's a good age, but like you said, a bit of a luxury player at points. But we'll see how he gets on at Crawley. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, in the evening, the Football League paper announced their League Two team of the day. And congratulations again to Dan Happy and Lee Angle, uh, who made that. And also manager of the day was Ross Embleton. So a double whammy for those guys. Congratulations to all three of you. Yeah, double whammy. I'm not sure how Lee Angle makes the team of the day for the... Yeah. <laughs> For that, well, there were a lot the of draws, weren't there, uh, last week, yeah, if I remember possibly. rightly. So the fact that we were the only team that won and kept a clean sheet is probably why. Yeah, I get mm. happy, I get right. So I just wasn't sure about Angle, but we'll take the plaudits anyway. Absolutely. We can get them. So let's move on into Tahuay Tuesday, the 19th of January, and we wish a very happy birthday to Dan Walker mm. and the club's media team. Hope you had a great birthday, Dan. Absolutely, even though he was probably working, so never mind. Nothing to report on Wednesday the 20th of January, so we're going to skip straight ahead to Thursday the 21st of January, and the away fixture to Carlisle was rescheduled. Third time lucky, hopefully. A new date of Tuesday the 2nd of February was announced, with the match kicking off at an earlier time of 6.30, obviously hoping that then that the boys could get home at a less ridiculous hour than they normally would. That's a great time to play Carlisle because they haven't played in a while because of their COVID outbreak. Yeah. And they ain't Probably not trained. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. A perfect time to play because they, we in theory, should be much fitter and much more match ready than them for that game. So that, if it goes ahead, obviously, you know, with the weather and obviously COVID would be a great time to play. So hopefully, third time lucky gets over the line and hopefully we go there and give them a good, good match. So let's move on into Mooney Friday, 22nd of January. And the club confirmed that former O's right winger, Malcolm Slater, had passed away. So Malcolm made over 100 appearances for the O's between 1966 and 1970. We send our condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, absolutely. On a slightly more positive note, on Saturday the 23rd, of January. Uh, it was Connor Wilkinson's 26th birthday, so happy birthday to super striker Connor Wilkinson. Yeah, happy birthday, Connor. Not 25th, like Dave Victor said. Dave, you're a legend, but uh, 20, 26. And it was after the main event where it's Tranmere Rovers, oh no, Forest Green Rovers. At <laughs> sorry, Dave. Had to do it, mate. Sorry. Dave. Forest Green Rovers. At home and a stat we took from the E10 Extra Show, a new show from the club's YouTube channel that we are both very much enjoying, which said Forest Green Rovers and Orient atop top of the League 2 possession percentage table. So Forest Green Rovers uh, were top, I think 55.5%, I think we were 55.2% or something like that. So it was going to be a game of possession football. Uh, before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 221 votes in just less than 24 hours, and you voted as follows. We were only 15% of you thinking that Orient would lose the game, 29% thinking the game would end in a draw, with 56% of you thinking that the O's would win. So as always, thank you for all of your votes, and if you follow us on Twitter, don't forget to take part in our Twitter polls. Obviously, the more people who vote, the kind of more reliable the poll and more fun the poll is. So thank you to those of you who voted. Absolutely. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock with Lawrence Figaro in goal, Sam Ling, Tunji Akinola, Dan Happy and James Brophy with a back four. Usise, Craig Clay, Joby McEnough with a midfield three and Ruel Sotoriu. Connor Wilkinson and Lee Angol with the uh, with the front three substitutes: Sergeant Widdison, Coulson, Kiprianu, the new signing of Nick Freeman, last week's signing Dan Kemp and Louis Dennis. Yeah, so that meant it was the same starting lineup for the O's as the team who beat Morecambe two 0 last week. As Paul alluded to, new signing Nick Freeman named on the bench. So for me. Yeah, I understand the need not to change the team. You know, it was a winning team. But however, I would like to have seen Kemp start on the left, really. He's much more natural on that side. And what I saw of Kemp on the left from Morecambe 
was that he offered a lot more than Satiru, who isn't made for the left. But I completely get why you would go with an unchanged team. I feel Hector could consider himself very unlucky not to start after Spot last on. week. See, they played poor. Yeah. Hector played well. Um, and obviously now Freeman's in the squad, it meant someone has to drop out of the squad, and that someone was James Dayton. So, you know, I said I don't think Dayton will leave, but I possibly might be wrong now if Dayton's not even getting in the squad. But for me, yeah, Turley and Dayton not in the squad probably tells you all you need to know, really, about kind of the longevity of those two I... being in the club. Although I still don't think Dayton will leave, but I might be wrong. I, I agree with you. Um, I think Hector probably should have started. I think the persistence with Usise when he's not not in good form for whatever reason, if he's got off-field personal issues or, or, or what, I don't know. But I, I think I absolutely agree with you. I would have started with Hector. If, if James Dayton is still here at the end of January, I'll be really, really surprised. If he hasn't had his contract paid up like Josh Wright and then he moves to another club in February... Or if he doesn't go out on loan somewhere like Jordan has done, I'd be very, very surprised. But in relation to the um, squad announcement, you know me, I love an unchanged squad. Um, Forest Green won't be a pushover. We won't have as much luck as we did last week against Morecambe. It's going to be a tough, un- uncompromising game. So be interesting to, well, at the time, how, how that would uh, evolve. We had a lot of tweets come in on this one. We've got a few here just that we're going to read out of people's views on the team. Jack LOFC said, would have put Kemp in for Ruel and Hector in for Cissé, but still a good lineup. I'm inclined to agree with that, but Dan Kemp's not played a lot of football recently, so I think he's being managed in. Yeah, PM31970 said, don't normally change a winning team, but would have liked both Freeman and Kemp to start over Cissé answer to you so very similar tweet there to Jack's yeah and I don't think Nick's played a lot of football recently either so I think they're being they're both being managed Vince Howard 73 said how is Cissé still getting a start otherwise as expected really yeah Paul R Gregory said safe selection possibly would have started one of the newbies dear Stu said not sure to be honest Kemp did more in 15 minutes than Ruel did for 75 last Saturday so disappointed not to see him start what has Hector got to do to dislodge Cissé we looked so much more positive when Hector came on last Saturday. Another another one there saying, you know, saying what you said about Cissé over Hector. It, it's quite a surprise, isn't it? Or not? Yeah, I mean, at the, at the beginning of the season, we were all so happy that we'd signed Cissé. And yeah. now, you know, he's, he's kind of failed to deliver what we had seen of that player um, from last season. So hopefully he can rediscover that form. Alpha 2 underscore underscore Mega. Said we beat Morecambe in the last few minutes of the game with Kempon instead of Satiru. I would have made that same change for today's starting eleven. Um, Joe Jessner sixteen said, "Now I don't think Cisse is in great form right now, but I think he gets a lot of unwarranted criticism from people expecting him to be something he's not. The guy is not going to be adventurous with the ball. It's not his game." And not what he was signed for. But from my perspective, the reason why I'm critical of him is from what we saw of him in January and that loan spell that he he came. He was a hard, getting in the way, making a nuisance of himself, stopping attacks and, and winning the ball back and setting us up to go forwards. Not, you know, he's a ball winning, tough tackling midfielder and we're just not seeing anything like that at the moment. He's, he can't even pass the ball properly at the moment. Yeah, we tend to agree, mate. We tend to agree. Ed Jones, 1976. Surprised with the inclusion of Ruel and Cissé. Personally, would have had Hector and Kemp or Freeman. Shouldn't change a winning side, though. So let's see. And the last one is Gary Talbot, 7, who said, Importantly, we now have pressure being put on from the bench. Vital in the second half of a season. That's a great point. So yeah. thank you to everyone who sent in tweets. Those were all tweets that came in. To, at Orient Outlook once the team was announced. So the match kicked off on a cold afternoon in E10 with the O's looking to make it four home wins on the spin against the Forest Green Rovers side coming to us out of form. They were 15th in the form table but above us in the league and as we know they're always a dangerous and horrible team to play. They most certainly are and after Connor Wilkinson had an early free kick easily saved Forest Green Rovers started more brightly and in the sixth minute, Scott Wagstaff got the better of James Brophy on our left-hand side, got his cross into the box, and Jamil Matt headed just wide, despite being unmarked, 
and just a few yards from our goal. And for me, that was a huge let-off there. He should have scored from that. Yeah, great cross. Really should have made made us be a goal down. Should have punished us, but he didn't. So, you know, spoken a lot about luck. So hopefully, could luck, you know, be a part again. 11th minute, Leango fired high and wide after picking up the loose ball after Morel was brought down been racing forward and I've got to say I thought Angle done really well there to make the chance for himself but fluffed the chance massively <laughs> but I thought like his run and the way he kind of looked up and got into a position was really good so I was encouraged early on there by Angle yeah, I agree with you um, it was good that the referee played advantage it's a shame Ebu Adams didn't get a booking for cynically bringing down Ruel Satoriu <laughs> because that that was apparently you know he, he let him off because he allowed play to go on so, That's right, yeah. you know, I think I think that was a blatant foul, um, but it was right of him to let play go on. Uh, a minute later, Collins scuffed a shot in a decent position, which Vigarou calmly gathered uh, after Sam Ling had given the ball away. Watching the game live, you were thinking that they definitely pinpointed Ling as a weak... They seemed to be really pinpointing Ling and to a certain extent Brophy, to really kind of get down the wings and kind of give us trouble. But you could tell they were really trying to get get the beating yeah. of Link through Cadden. And in the 15th minute, though, probably the talking point from an Orient perspective, an unbelievable, very clever through pass from Joby McEnough, played in Connor Wilkinson, who got himself into a great position from close range. He poked his shot past the Forest Green Rovers keeper, Thomas, but Moore Taylor cleared the ball off the line. But there were shouts for a penalty as Connor appeared to have been tripped, but he stayed on his feet. The referee wasn't interested. Waves play on. And that was it. No penalty. Not given. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I think that was a sign that we were never going to get anything from that referee today. Everything seemed to be biased towards Forest Green. But that through pass splitting between the uh, left back and and the set of the left centre back was absolutely stunning. If that was a Premier League player doing that, Bruno Fernandez, for example, there'd be reruns on the BBC website like every second. You log in, you turn a page. There's, there's that through pass. Uh, Sky Sports would be um, waxing lyrical about it. I thought Connor was a bit unlucky there. Uh, Cargill did well enough to recover and put him off. Maybe he did foul him, and maybe Connor was a bit too honest. Um, which you know, from our player. I, I admire, um, but you know these these guys don't play that way. So it would have been better to have gone down. But not saying you should cheat from that. But your views? Should have thrown himself on the floor, mate, like a sack of spuds. Give yeah. the referee a decision to make. But you know, like he's been penalised really for not going down because it did appear that he was taken. But you know, it wasn't given. So the game went on nil nil goalless, and in the twenty second minute. Forest Green Rovers took the lead as Thomas's long kick caught out Sam Ling. Cargill got in on their left-hand side, our right, ran into the box. He passed the ball into Cadden, who drove towards goal, prodded the ball past Vigoru into the orient net to make it 1-0 to the visitors. Poor goal for us to concede. We didn't recover having lost possession. That came from a goal kick that went out to their far left-hand side. Sam Ling mistimes his jump. And their man's in on goal. Happy seemed to be the closest to the ball when their man was bearing in on us. Perhaps he should have left the man that he was blocking, he was marking and blocked and gone to block it and given Lawrence Vigoru some extra coverage. Um, and as you said, Forest Green seemed to be targeting Sam Ling uh, at the moment and he's let them, you know, he's made a mistake and, and it's let them in. So very frustrating, very disappointing, but we still got, you know, the whole of the, you know, the rest of this, the the other half of this half, and then the whole second half to get a goal back. But you know, it puts us on the back foot now. No, I actually feel quite sorry for Samling because Samling, for obvious reasons, gets a hard time at the club where his dad is the director of football, and he will take criticism and rightly so for this. But yeah. if you watch the goal back, watch Cisse, right? Because once they're in down the left, they've still got an awful lot to do. There's still quite a, 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 a distance from goal, shall we say. So they've still got to get the ball from the far left-hand side, run it into the box, pass it into Cadden. The Cadden's still got a score. When you watch that goal next time, or anyone who's watching, watch Cissé on Cadden. Cissé's tracking him. And Cissé, and I hate to call out Cissé here again, because it feels like we pulled him out when the team was announced. But Cissé just stops running 
literally just stops running with him and starts walking, which is how he runs into the box unmarked to shoot and score. So mm. although Lee will take criticism, and deservedly so to a certain extent, there's a lot more to it than Ling just missing a header. That's or, true. Or, or watching a ball. Next time you watch it, watch Cissé. Yeah, I, I agree. That's why I said we didn't recover. Yeah. I, I, I'm inclined to agree that it, it was Sam's original mistiming, but there were other, you know, six yeah, or seven absolutely. other players who could easily hold their hands up and say, well, why didn't we recover better and why didn't we get out to stop it, you know? But yeah, you're yeah, right. Really, yeah, really, really disappointing. I wasn't, I wasn't saying just you watch it. I was saying to anyone listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. have a watch back. So we win a goal down, 32nd minute. J.B. McEnough was booked for quite a light tackle on Ebu Adams, who himself had been booked earlier. So Ebu was literally taking up plays left, right and centre. He did eventually get booked. Joby's challenge seemed quite light, but I think the record on the point was starting to lose control of the game, wasn't he? It was starting yeah. to get a bit nasty. And I think he just wanted to clamp his foot down and make an example of someone. And Joby made the wrong challenge at the wrong time and found himself on the receiving end of a yellow card. Yeah, I agree. Forrest Green got a free kick in the 37th minute. Cargill tried his luck from what was just inside our half. Uh, Lawrence Vigarou had to scramble back to tip the ball over the bar. I thought that was quite an audacious attempt at goal, actually. Fair play to the guy for having a go, though, and well done to Lawrence Vigarou. Yeah, great effort. Great yeah. effort. Yeah. 43rd minute, we had got a corner. Joby McEnough swung it into the box. Dan Happy got up well. Decent header, uh, saved by Thomas. It was a fairly routine save there from Thomas, but, you know, almost there. Yeah, yeah, you're. That's. It's a bit frustrating that we're now just coming up to half time, and that's the first time that their rookie goalkeeper has been made to work in this half. Um, so it just shows you how tough a game it is. Three additional minutes of time were played as the referee brought the half to a close with the O's trailing one nil to the visitors. And just as a bit of a half time po- uh, points that I made, you know, Forest Green are really bossing this. They're they're put they're pressing us harder than we're pressing them. They look fitter and stronger because of that, maybe. And I'm disappointed that um, Ebu Adams made three poor and highly bookable tackles before he ended up getting a yellow card. And Joby made one slight foul on him. He went down and was screaming like he'd been shot. Um, and, and Joby gets booked for it. Um, just his play acting. I just don't like this style of football. It's not nice to watch. Um, we need a big second half. Yeah, for me, it was just a bit frustrating. Forest Green Rovers seem to be just first for everything, really. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I want to see a bit more energy out there. I thought Joby was struggling to a certain extent. So was Craig, which has been unlike them too. They, they've both been really good this season so far, but it wasn't clicking in midfield. Two had been quiet. Connor looked lively. Angle didn't really get a grasp in the first 45 minutes. So slightly frustrating. We had a few tweets in uh, at half-time. Mm-hmm. At Luke underscore T7 said, we're the home team. and We need to try and take control in the second half. Put both of the new lords on. And let's put more pressure on them. They have three yellows, and Adams is the kind of player who could easily get sent off if we can get in his head. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, you, know, you would have said mm-hmm. you would imagine what's be sent half time to Joby and Craig. Just give, just give Ebu a little nudge. You know, just wind him up, see what he does. Yeah, yeah. knowing kind of Absolutely. you know his personality. Yeah. MS Orient tweeted and said the buffoonery of playing Ruel Satoru on the left. He's a striker who plays down the middle. Yeah, Orient Boy, it's a poor first half. Although Forest Green Rovers are well organised and appear to be fit and strong. They deserve to be ahead. Our front three seems far too apart to me. Adams may be horrible, but he's always up for beating us. Mm. We need to match his energy and desire. Great yeah, point. it's a good point. I mean, he only played, I think, Dave Victor said 14 games for us. And you can see how much he obviously meant to us as fans because, you know, we still talk about him two years later. And he only played 14 games for us. Yeah, I think it's the impact that he had in those 14 games. And obviously the way he left us saying, you know, I want to go and play at a higher club and ends up going and joining a a team in the same league as us, lower down. You know, it it just, yeah, anyway. Second half kicked off, no subs for the O's. And in the 47th minute, penalty appeals for the O's as Leanne Goal looked to have been brought down chasing a long ball. But a corner was given from which James Brophy floated a ball to the far post, Dan Happy headed back across goal, but the vo- the ball just evaded Lee and goal. And I thought maybe Happy should have gone for goal there, but I liked what he was trying to do. Yeah, good idea there from Dan, just not executed. But I don't think Angle read it. I don't think mm. uh, Dan got it spot on as what he wanted to. Yeah. So let's move on into the 54th minute. And Dan Happy picked up a yellow card for a late challenge on Matt. So a yellow card. Big there talking point. Happy. 
Yeah. Big talking point that, and and uh, unfortunately, he's now because of that. Normally, that's you his get... first. That, that was his first yellow card. That one, my love. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Get skipping ahead of myself there. Uh, 56 minutes on the clock then Connor Wilkinson went on a mazy run inside the Forest Green penalty box and just as he was about to pull the trigger Goodwin Malif um, a hyphenated surname of Forest Green Rovers player intercepted him just, just. He, had a, he had I mean it was a great run he had a really good chance to pull the trigger slightly earlier um, but took an extra touch there so he was looking dangerous on the hour mark Joby McEnough had the beat of Cadden who brought him down on the edge of the box and the referee just wasn't interested. It's fair to say that the referee has probably had better games. Oh, much better games. It's ridiculous. Just <laughs> over the hour mark now then, a double substitution for the O's. As perhaps by pure coincidence, Leanne Goal uh, picked up an injury and he was substituted off. Uh, I'm not sure if he was originally going to be brought off. but he No, I think it's going to be Satoru, I think, uh, from what they were saying on the... Uh, on, on the, the commentary, uh, yeah, on you're probably right. Yeah. He, uh, Liango was replaced by Dan Kemp. Nick Freeman came on and replaced Us Cisse to make his Orient debut. That meant that Ruel Satoriu moved into the centre forward position in place of Liango, and Dan Kemp went on the left hand side where Ruel was playing. So, yeah, interesting. And as you were alluding to earlier, bearded legend Dan Happy wasn't to be on the pitch much longer. It was two minutes later, he got a second yellow card from a late foul on Jamil Matt again. Again, his second yellow card equals a red card, meaning the O's were down to 10 men. I mean, for me, that that, that was a blatant booking. He's already on the yellow. The ref's only going to do one thing. Yeah. Red card it was. Done. No. City challenge. And at that point, you know, we just bought Camp on. We just bought on Freeman. You're thinking, right, two exciting plays. Let's really get at them. And then two minutes later, you're like, no chance now. Done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And for that, he gets two a two-game ban. Normally, you'd get one-game suspension, but he's had uh, a sending off uh, before, so unfortunately, his punishment is doubled. Um, but I've had a look at that, uh, again, that tackle. He started sliding about 10 minutes before Jamil Matt got the ball. So it's not one of the... He was dangerous in one respect, but had he... Being on a yellow card, you can't do that. So it is a, it is a yellow card. Um, and especially with the ref not giving us any leniency in any way, shape or form and seem to favour all the Forest Green players. Um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. And I think Sam Ling was moved to centre-back and I think Craig Clay slotted in uh, at right-back. So we're trying to keep that, that composure at the back with a back four. It just means that we're a little bit lighter now on what we can do going forward, as you alluded to a minute ago. But on the 65th minute, a superb clearance from Lawrence Vigaru almost sent Ruel Sotoriu through, but Thomas came out to meet him and clear the danger. That would have been a fantastic goal if that had been a goal, basically. <laughs> could could Sotiri have been slightly braver mm-hmm. and, and, and been willing to have taken a thump? I mean, that, that's the question a few people were asking yeah. post-match. We didn't come to anything. Brophy went into the book slightly later in the game, in the 68th minute for a challenge. Again, it didn't look too bad, but again, I think the referee just trying to get control because... You felt this one could ball over at any point. You felt one bad challenge could see all yeah. whatever men both teams get involved or 10 men for Orients. Yeah, a anyway. lot of play acting uh, and surrounding the ref at every opportunity from, from Forest Green. It just seems to be a little bit pathetic. But if that's their, if that's how they play, that's how they play. Yeah, um, I, think, I, I think Mike Cooper had, had kind of set him up well and I guess we'll both speak about it after the game. But that's, you know, 1-0, they're going to play for time. They're going to try and agitate yeah. us. You've got Ebu who knows what he's doing there. Obviously, a history of Mark Cooper. I think I think they know exactly exactly what they were doing. Seventy fourth minute again. Ref seemed to miss miss one as well. Satoru appeared to be fouled just outside the penalty box, but again, nothing given. And, and again, you knew nothing was going to come. Yeah, you can't expect anything from the ref in this game. Fast forward 10 minutes to the 84th minute and Louis Dennis came on and replaced Royal Satoru, who went uh, and he went straight. Uh, to the right forward position with Connor Wilkinson moving into the central striker role. Yeah, let's fast forward in. 89th minute, Joby McEnough did well on the right-hand side. Big card, he won a corner. Uh, Kemp took it, wasn't the best corner. Went out for another corner. Kemp took it again, wasn't a great corner. <laughs> Two poor corners from Dan, unfortunately. It's a bit of a shame he didn't beat the first man. 
Six minutes of time were added on, and in the 91st minute, Craig Clay was replaced by Josh Coulson, um, who went up top for the O's. He certainly did, but nothing else I'd like to report on in this game. As a referee brought the game to a close, as the O's lost at home for the first time in four matches, with Forest Green Rovers picking up their first win since the 16th of December. Yeah, uh, so Ross Embleton did... Uh, do his usual post-match interview with Dave Victor. That is on the club's YouTube channel. Interestingly, though, towards the end of the interview, Dave asked him about transfers, incomings and outgoings. He did mention the possibility of a defender coming in this week. Uh, Great question from Dave. Um, And for me, I mean, does that mean that perhaps Jamie Turley might be on his way out the door this week if we secure... Uh, a defender. Not sure what's gone wrong with with Jamie Turley. I know he's had a, a lot of injuries and whatnot, but um, you know if the guy's fit, ready, willing, and able, uh, I would be inclined because you know he's a fast player, he's an experienced player. I'd, I'd be inclined to stick him on the bench. Yeah, I mean, he can play right back. I mean, at the moment you've got Willowson and Coulson, you know, taking up two positions on the bench. I don't think Ross will put a third defender on, but a fair point and. Has Mr. Levy called it again? So will Jamie Turley be here this week? Or has the bearded... <laughs> Two weeks on the bounce would be unthinkable. Third week on the trot would be if it, if, if it comes off. We shall see. Then. So yeah. league table, that lost. See us drop down to the table to ninth. Who would have thought would be unhappy about being ninth in League 2? <laughs> Play 24-1-11. Drawn 3, lost 10. Still a positive goal difference of plus 7 and we sit on 36 points. So, Mr. Lee, what are you off using on the Forest Green Rovers game? Yeah, I hate losing, period. I think I've said that 10 times at least this season. Um, and, and what makes it even more galling is it's to Ebu Adams, Mark Cooper, and just Forest Green in general. I just don't like their brand of football. Uh, maybe they don't play that every week. Maybe it's just that's how they play against us because they know that's how... They beat us. That's how they get over, won over on us. I don't think we were good enough today. We weren't at our best. Um, obviously, losing Dan Happy um, <clears throat> with half an hour to go-ish doesn't, doesn't really help us either. I don't think the subs maybe worked either. Um, but as I say, that's probably mitigated by the fact that we'd gone down to 10 men. So the game plan changes. I, I completely um, respect that. I think had... <laughs> Had we had a better referee, I don't think Happy would have gone. Um, oh, Mr Levy, that's controversial, that is. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think, although he was late, he was sliding and it wasn't like his studs were up. He, he'd started his slide quite early. You've seen him given and you've seen him not given and I think that the ref was just do, you know, doing his best to, to, to book as many players of us. But he deserved... In hindsight, maybe I take that back. He did maybe he deserved the yellow card, but you know the fact that he was on a booking already was a bit silly on his part. Cisse was poor again. We're having another another discussion about Cisse and 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 not seeing what we saw from him a year ago. Um, like you, I'd have gone with Hector, and I think he should start next week. Maybe Uzi's tired. Maybe Uzi's carrying a slight knock. I don't know, um, but I would definitely give young Hector Kiprianu. Um, uh, a go in the side. I thought the ref was poor, punished us much more than he punished them. I thought Forest Green's players were actors. I didn't think they played uh, particularly in a sporting way, surrounding the ref, acting, diving all over the place. Um, when they weren't being stupid and they actually did play football, they were better than us. They were quicker to the loose balls, they were quicker to the second balls, more aggressive, more organised. Uh, they put more pressure on us. And you take into account they've lost some players um, in the last you know, in this transfer window. They lost their captain to Sunderland, you know, and they're still doing pretty well. Um, I think Brophy and Tunji and Lawrence Vigaru did well. I, I can't really say anybody else had a real standout, um, which says something when you're not mentioning Joby in that in that uh, in that uh, list as well. Um, with Happy missing out on his two games, will that give Josh Coulson an opportunity, or will Ross go with the left-sided? Joe Woodison. So will Joe Woodison slot in at centre back, left centre back, and keep James Brophy at left back? Lots of questions. Your views? Good questions. Um, yeah, for me, it's a bit of an odd performance. It was a bit strange. I think once we've gone down to ten men with twenty-five minutes left, I, I, I never saw us scoring or getting back into it. Like we said, little, 
little urgency, a little bit sluggish at points. Just, just never got going really. A bit disappointing. We didn't really test their rookie goalkeeper. You know, I think what he's made look safe from a happy header. We've had a penalty appeal that should have been given, but it wasn't. Apart from that, we haven't really spoke about their keeper making any kind of saves of note, really. Yeah. I thought, I thought, you know, Forest Green Rovers were a pretty decent team, one of the best I've probably seen this season come to our place. They made us look very ordinary. Um, and I actually watched Mark. Mark Cooper intrigues me a little bit because I dislike him so much, but I actually watched his um, post-match and... They actually changed their formation from what they normally play based on the way we play to really? nullify us. And it seems to have worked. Yeah, he said they don't normally play it, but they went for a 4-1-1 because of something they'd seen. And they made five changes to accommodate their new system that they played. So whatever he'd done obviously worked for them. But you you always know what you're going to get. You know, Edward Adams always kind of tries to antagonise when he comes back to the ground. But that's that's what he would have been told to do. Mm. You know, that's exactly what he. Mark Cooper would have been delighted with the way that Ebu has played for him. Um, but at the same time, nothing really to panic about. We're ninth. The table's very tight. It's very congested. They're a good team. We just have to be better on our day against them. I thought Happy was really silly. Like, I know you've mentioned on another day you think the ref might not give it. I think all day long the ref has to give that. It's a terrible challenge from Happy, especially when he's on a yellow. Like you, I thought Tunji done really well. I think Tunji's been the shining star the last couple of games. Who probably might go a bit unnoticed because he doesn't score goals or or play higher up the pitch. But I thought Tunji was really good. And when you look at the work rate, I noticed Jamil Matt closed everything down and made it really horrible and awkward for our mm. defenders to get into mm. any kind of passing move. You compare him to Liangol, like you can't. There's no comparison between two angles. Like slightly jogging, trying to be a nuisance, but isn't. Jamil Matt was a proper nuisance. And yeah. For me, that kind of that's that was a massive, massive thing. Like defending from the front, they'd done it. They were organised, and we just won at the races. In comparison, for Clay and McEnough, who've both been brilliant the last couple of weeks, found both found it really difficult. The subs couldn't get into it. I think maybe they're not match ready, like you alluded to. Like I think Freeman definitely doesn't look match ready. Although he looks like a great player, I think it might take him a bit longer to find his feet than what I initially might thought it might have done. Um, maybe the same for Ken. But we never looked like scoring, unfortunately. Never tested the keeper. Disappointing, but not one to dwell on. You know, we're in a decent, decent position. Ninth in League Two. I'm sure most of those fans would have taken it at this point of the season, given everything that's gone on so far. And, you know, Danny Johnson still not fit. If Danny Johnson's on the pitch, would that have made a difference? You would like to think thought so. Yeah, and, and, and your comment about, you know, the league position and whatnot, it, it's really funny because Carlisle haven't played recently. They're still fourth. They've got four games in hand over Cambridge who are top and they're on thirty nine points with a goal difference of plus twelve. So they're doing pretty well. So it just shows you how tight the league is and maybe how poor the league is, as people have alluded to. Um, so it is an interesting one. You know, everyone gets really upset and agitated by the fact that we've lost. Uh, obviously, we haven't played well, but I know, and I know there are teams around us who have got a game or two in hand over us, but points on the board is always paramount. And yeah, we, you know, we are still within touching distance of, of the playoffs. It's not, it's not an insurmountable task. And, and dare I say, you know, we're four points off Newport County. Uh, who occupy third. So it is really tight and, and really something that we shouldn't lose our minds over. Um, now, as always, we get a huge amount of feedback after the match. So thanks to everyone who sent their views to our social media accounts and we'll try and read out as many as we can. But just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. And we're going to start off with Boatsy this week who said, so, so frustrating. Can't complain with the happy second yellow. We need to learn how to play against these types of sides. Their keeper was not tested enough we need a goal scorer if DJ is out for much longer. One Adam Conway said, "End the experiment, Ross, and stop the stubbornness. You don't play your most dangerous player at fullback. Free James Brophy. Everyone can see it apart from you." Yeah, he's very, very adamant about that, and I still think I'm not a fan of that either. To be honest with you, I think where you've got James Brophy, he should be playing on the left side of the attack. I think he'd do a lot of damage there. And as he said on our podcast, on this very podcast, of, of, you know, three or four weeks ago, he's just happy just to be on the pitch. 
And I think having the ball at his feet from a further distance back up the pitch is better for him. But again, I still think he could do a lot of damage if he's further up the pitch. Um, Paul underscore LT2P said that was shocking before and after the sending off. We still need a right back and a forward and perhaps more importantly, a plan. Paul Skinner, 88, said nothing more frustrating than watching a game where we're playing badly and the ref is falling for everything the opposition tried to fall in with. Happy was an absolute mug. Sunshine LOFC said, overall, very disappointing from LOFC. Forest Green knew how to play and play ugly. Uh, gave the O's little time in the first half. Orient improved in the second half, but lacked a cutting edge in the final third. We were lucky, lacking a plan B. Kevlar P18, so not good enough all round. Happy was silly to make the challenge like that, already being on a yellow. Ling and Happy at fault for the goal again. Forest Green Rovers were, as they have always been, horrible and nasty. But that's what's got them the three points. We should take some of that on board. I actually quite like that tweet. I think that's a decent tweet with some valid points there. You know, maybe we need to be a bit nastier. You know, maybe, do we, not that you want to see it, but do you need, you know, whoever Clay McEnough in the ref serial game going, you know, book this one, book that one, you know, and leading to an inevitable sending off for an opposition player. Not that that's the right thing to do, but sometimes if you have to be ugly, get the ref right. Yeah, we don't do the ugly stuff. We try to play football. That's not yeah. our game. So that's why when we have a team like Forest Green who do do that, we struggle. But, you know, we still had an awful lot of the percentage of the possession. I think 53% possession stat we had yesterday overall. So, you know, it's not like we weren't with, with the ball. John W999 said, not a good performance. Have to make sure we don't go on another poor run now, as has happened previously. I'm sure there'll be the usual wave of hysteria and hyperbole that accompanies every single defeat under Ross. Good sweet there. Yeah. Orient eight pie. So absolute rubbish. Ref was rubbish. Lacklustre. Lack of effort. Normally solid performers were awful. Silly from happy. The subs did nothing. The only ones with any credit, Akinola, Wilkinson and Vigaru. Everyone else was poor. Dan Alton, 2590, said second best throughout. Game plan was all wrong. Paid them way too much respect. Lost the midfield battle and the game was effectively over after Happy's moment of mindless stupidity. Not the end of the world after winning three on the bounce, but it's all about the response now, which is absolutely yeah, true. Yeah, good points. All about how you respond now. Yeah, the yeah. Gibson underscore eighty nine is very disjointed. Didn't turn up and never looked like scoring. Really missing a Matty Harrell type option on the bench to throw on and nick a point in that sort. That's a good point. Okay. That's a good could, point. Could Connor Wilkinson not do that? Like play that position. He's big. He's sturdy. He can win things in the air. Could you, for example, not put I don't know, like Kemp on the left, Freeman running off him on the right, or another player running off him on the right, put Brophy up on the left, Kemp on the right. Connor's, Connor's got the, the build for that. But yeah, agree. Be, be used for that. So maybe that's an option to be used, or maybe now we're missing Angle and Johnson. Do you go right? I need to change the system now. Play four four two. Maybe do something different because of the injuries. Do I need to? You know, will, will Ross be assessing the formation or will he be sticking with that 4 3 3? There's lots of questions now for Ross to kind of take away. He's maybe got too many options, too many players to do at his disposal. No, I don't think it's that much of a discussion, to be honest, in a sense that Ross clearly favours the 4 3 3 style. I think that Nick Freeman would potentially come in for Joby McEnough and Oos will probably keep his place and Craig Clay his. The only switch interchangeable in that three for me would be whether Joby rests and Nick takes his spot. Um, again, as we, I said earlier, whether Nick's got enough match fitness in him to last an hour or whether we're just going to give him half an hour's for a couple of games and then build that up. Um, and whether Hector can, can, uh, will come in and be given the opportunity over Roos. For me, if you're going to keep the 4-3-3, then I, you, you put, as it stands now, you put Joe Willison at left-back um, Josh Coulson in at centre-back if you're not going to give Turley a shot. Um, maybe he makes the bench and then you put James Brophy up top on the left as a three, interchange him with Dan Kemp. And and again, that's all dependent on whether Dan Kemp is, um, again, being managed in. So maybe he'll only get 20 minutes, half an hour for, for a game or two. So yeah, I, I, you could go 4-4-2, but I don't think we would. Yeah, I guess, it depends on the, I guess it depends on the team we're playing as well. I'm sure Ross has been looking at Bolton and will know the way Bolton set themselves up. It'd be an yeah. interesting one, you know, more for Ross, Ross to think about. Absolutely. Trouser Techno said, pretty much substandard from everyone in a red shirt. 
as mentioned many times before, build-up play is too slow, needs more movement, and we need more shots on goal. Their rookie goalkeeper barely had to deal with anything, so failure to get shots away generally means you lose. It generally does, Charles. Yeah. Techno, Alan Reeves too said, this is why a proper manager is needed. It's okay getting away with it against the weak teams, but this highlights Ross's weaknesses and has done all season long. So much talent in this team in a poor league and it's being wasted. Cissé is woeful as well. Joe Pavitt, 0 said, nobody bothered today. Ling couldn't be bothered to stay on his man. Cissé was horrendous as per, as per. The midfield was completely outplayed and we have no scorers barring Wilco and he didn't play all that good either. Top that off with a happy red. Frustrating. Yeah, Joe Pavitt, not a happy man. Les OK, 52, said, poor from us. Never looked a threat. Played like a mid-table side and Freisman Rovers looked very good. Too many players not performing and expect changes for the next game. I hope we can sign a big target man as when behind we really lack a plan B. There are times when we need to do things different. One other thing though, the pitch is really hindering us, especially by the Justin Edinburgh stand. It is within the realms of possibility that some kind of temporary repair could be made. I'm sure a few years ago Chelsea relayed their pitch mid-season. I mean, yeah. a good point about the pitch, it's already starting to cut up quite badly and not look very good. And what, we're in late Jan and there's still, we're only halfway through the season really. What, play 24 now, so there's still a lot of football to be played on that pitch. That's very true. We didn't do an overhaul in the summer like we like we usually do and, and I think perhaps we're paying the price of that now. It's very boggy and muddy and, and we did a lot down our left yesterday, which bewildered me in the first half, we played it a lot down our left. So James Brophy had to play a lot of long ball clearances. Not quite sure why we didn't go down our right-hand side through Sam Ling and on that side of the pitch where in front of the east stand, it's much easier and much better. So it makes sense that in the second half when Forrest Green um, were... Uh, no, sorry, in the... Yeah, in the first half, they were attacking us down our left side because it was a bet- the better side of the pitch, in addition to maybe any scouting that they would have done. Um, Daniel underscore D44 said, Forrest Green were clearly the better team today. Poor from happy to get himself sent off. Once he got the red, we were never going to get back in the game. Lots of effort, but quality was missing. And once again, Akinola was the best player in an Orient shirt. Freddie LOFC is a chocker all round. Ling and Cissé got found out big time. Joby and Clay were both poor, which is a rarity. Ruel, absolutely non-effective. Happy looked shaky even before his silly red card. Generally think Ross got it wrong by persisting with Cissé and Camp should have started. Boggs Dollocks one said, we're so missing another forward. We created very little as well. Angle is poor. Ruel not fit enough. Poor Connor is trying... Is trying well enough, but no support. Their game plan was better than ours, as was their desire and application. Decent tweet that. Lewis, 1-5-3-3-5-4-0-5. Had the ref been more competent, the game would have been so much different. He was never anywhere near play. And the only time he was is when he stopped Joby from shooting. Whole team performance was rubbish, to say the least. Players need to leave this month for the team to progress. Yeah, uh, Flair TMGT said, I thought it was, that's a new one, I thought it was very telling that after Happy sending off, there seemed to be no system. No one knew where they were supposed to be. Massive lack of leadership from Ross and the team at that point. Ben Whitlock 13, so we didn't disgrace ourselves. If that was us having an off day, we need to be more streetwise. Watch back our bookings and Happy's red. Within seconds, there are three or four plays and the ref's in making up his mind. The little things like that give you the right to play your own. Great game. tweet. Great yeah, tweet. Yeah, very good. Mark ROS 67185082 said, take it on the chin. Next week's team picks itself now. I'm sure Freeman will look better in the middle and Ruel will get his chance down the middle as well. We can't win every game. If it works out well, we're in with a shout still. Absolutely. The tipping tin. So three times we've seen Forest Green this season and despite losing their captain, they still look the best team in the league by a fair margin. They can't work out how they aren't top of the league. Unless they save their best for Orient. Yeah, that's probably true. S.R. Barber, 1986, said, Forrest Green wanted it more overall and had much better game management too. Too many Orient players were off it today. Only good players for me were Wilkinson and Akinola. Angle not good enough to lead the line. We need a better backup for Johnson ASAP. 
Arxy, 1881. Rubbish. Too many players without mud on their kits and afraid to challenge. Happy out for two games. Johnson and presumably Angle are now out for a few weeks. I'd be surprised if there isn't new faces coming in this week. P.S. I don't like Ever Adams. P.P.S. I don't like Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Orange Sphincter said, Poor. The, their manager knew how to totally nullify us. And it was an e- as easy as a 1-0 away win, as you could see. No idea mid-game how to make tweaks to get into it. One of the sides who are quite a bit better than us. Not a disaster, though. That's football. Bet are late and nervous. And my God, what a dreadful performance. Sam and Brophy exposed. All strikers powder puff. New boys ineffective. And even Super Joby had a mare. Let's hope it's just a blip. And Cathal Wogan said, Today was rubbish, but worry about the trajectory of the club is crazy. Two or three years ago, you'd have bit someone's hand off for safety and sustainability in League Two. Now you get calls for upheaval at a time of un- of economic uncertainty. What do we actually expect? I think that's a great tweet, actually. That's a great tweet to take us into this week's final word from Orient Fan TV. So if we lost, move on. We're in amongst it at the top of the table still. Do people still think we're going to win every single game between now and the end of the season? We're going to lose a few, but it's how we respond that matters. Have faith, everyone. Get behind the team and up the O's. So do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out in this episode? You can let us know by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com or on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. And we're on, on, on Instagram. We're on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. And those were all tweets that came to us at Orient Outlook. Very nicely done. So that just then leaves us to do the Design Cabby Prediction League update. Design Cabby, specialising company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design with all Orient fans getting a 15% discount. You can find James on social media at Design Cadby. He's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can email James if you've got any queries or want to make any inquiries with him. It's hello at jamescadby.com. And I have to say, the videos that he created for our podcast sponsor, uh, AJF Plastering, are absolutely superb. So his, the quality of his work is, is brilliant. And Adam even commented to me how easy it is to deal with James and, and just you give him some ideas and he just goes with it and produces some really good stuff. So he comes very highly recommended. And this week, we only have one uh, correct prediction this week that comes from... Uh, Booth Baron, B-O-E-U-F-B-A-R-R-O-N, a new one on me. He correctly, or she correctly predicted the 1-0 Forest Green Rovers win, so gets three points. So well done there to Booth, I can't even say it, Booth Just Baron. Just move on, so Steve. The top, oh, sorry, my cat is uh, making the right nuisance right next to me. So the top of the prediction league is as follows this week. So 23 points jointly held at the top by Dan Olsen, 2590, and at David Landau, 17. In second place, on 20 points, we have Wadsey, and on 17 points, we have John Bands, 6306-5473, and O's Fan Basing. So very tight at the top of the league, and thank you for all of your predictions. Yes, so we move on then to Sunday the 24th of January, just the one piece of news, there's no ladies games at the moment as you'll probably be aware, but the club announced the away game to Bradford City on Tuesday the 23rd of February is now going to kick off at the slightly earlier time of 7 o'clock, and we are just under the hour mark Mr Nussbaum, 58 minutes and 30 seconds. Brilliant. So, you Mystic Levy is probably going to be right again with his estimation of an hour, five minutes. So, fantasy football update. Then, Paul Baker, top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. So, well done to Paul. He's ahead of Pat Morgan, who is currently in second place. I have dropped from 10th to 24th place. But out of 295 players, that's not too bad. I've got Mo Salah and Robert Firmino to thank for that one. Or uh, well, Mr Klopp for not starting both of those gentlemen in their defeat at Burnley. It's all out, Klopp. Yeah, you're in the top 10% though, mate, so you're doing well. Um, so we move on now to the positives and negatives. So I'll kick off with Nick Freeman signing on loan. We think that's a really positive move. Yeah, really um, positive. And potentially if he does well for us, then you know that could potentially in the summer turn to a permanent move if he wants to join us and, and vice versa. And we're still only a point away from the playoffs, although others have got game in hands uh, over us. You know, We're still in pretty rude health 
generally, and I think that the transfer window will will be uh, a fairly defining window for us as to see where we finally end up. But negatives this week, Steve? Yeah, so we've got three negatives this week, perhaps not unexpected. First up, Dan Happy red card. So Dan, like Paul said, be out for the next two games. So he'll miss Bolton away and Carlisle away. Next negative is our performance generally against Forest Green Rovers yesterday. just wasn't very good. So we put that down as a negative. And then the last negative is the injury to Lee and Goal. Obviously, Danny Johnson is out. Now, Lee and Goal joins him on the sidelines. So meaning only Connor Wilkinson, who obviously Ross prefers to play on the right-hand side, and Ross Toriu are our centre-forwards. So you would expect now Sotiriu to get a decent chance now to really show us what he's all about and hopefully to recapture some of that form he had last season at points because he can be a very good player. Did I miss stage. did I miss today the club putting out what's wrong with, with Lee Steve? Because from what no, Ross I said in his interview, it was just a tight hamstring, so that might be okay. They'd not put it out, but yeah. I wouldn't expect them to put anything out and keep Bolton second guessing for yeah. Saturday. I would imagine based on what they normally do. But I will say it's about Satoru. He's been getting a lot of criticism, which is fair enough, but I feel what you gotta remember with Burrell last season is that when he finally got his chance in the team he was ready. I was thinking about this this afternoon. When he got his chance, he'd been on, on loan at Dover, if you remember. So yeah. he played games. He was coming from a from a perspective of he'd played like six or seven games over 90 minutes. He was fit. He was ready. At the moment, we haven't seen to tell you, he's not played much football this season. It may take him a couple of games to really find his feet, like it's going to take Kemp and Freeman. So I wouldn't go expecting miracles from young Burrell anytime soon because it's going to take him a while to get back in the flow of football I think I think I think you're right I think you make a really good point and also the fact that he's being played out on the wide left in a front three yeah. rather than centrally and he prefers to, to run at players directly looking at goal rather than coming in from the side so I think it makes a huge difference um, in, in how effective he can be I think just for him he's just pleased just to be playing and I think he was substituted just to keep him from getting injured as well. So I, th- I think you could be right that Ruel could probably start up top with Connor on one side and question mark over who would be on the other side. Yeah. So let's go on to our yes. hero of the week then. So not an obvious one this week. There wasn't one who kind of stood out, but for his performance against Forest Green Rovers, we've decided that last week's interviewee, young loney defender Tunji Akinola, should be our hero of the week. So well done to Tunji. Yeah. Good performance yesterday. Yeah. Well deserved. Very well deserved young man. So next week's fixture then, we travel up to Bolton Wanderers on Saturday the 30th of January. Bolton, they're currently 17th in League Two and they lost 2-1 away at Tranmere Rovers on Saturday. They went down to 10 men and they also had their manager red carded in that game. Their form over the last five games, they haven't won a single game in five. They've drawn three and lost two, including their game yesterday. So they're not doing great. You'll remember the game that we beat them 4-0 at home earlier in the season. Um, so hopefully we can get a repeat of that. Uh, and it's, you know, in my view, a very, very winnable game. Winnable game given their kind of poor form as yes, well. I mean, exactly. I think we've, spoken that we've spoken about it already, but I would expect changes from yesterday's team. Obviously, Angle, you would imagine, isn't going to be fit for it. So you'd imagine Soteri starts up front in the central position, which means that there's a space going on the left-hand side of the attack. So I think you've mentioned... You know, do you bring Brophy forward and put Widowson in as a left back, or you know, Ross has spoken about a defender coming in. Is that defender a left back who will come in for next week? Um, you've got Kemp, like we said, who's bench. You've got Freeman, who's on the bench. So lots of options there. And like we said, does Cisse start next week, or do you drop Cisse for Hector, or do you drop Cisse for Freeman? Lots of choices to be made, but I would expect changes for that one so do not forget before we finish this podcast for the best plastering and rendering prices around visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter or AJF Plastering on Insta as well for all your plastering and rendering needs absolutely so that is it thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us this week on episode 232 and what we thought would be a quiet week actually turned into a busy one as there were comings and goings as 25-year-old Nick Freeman 
who, uh, who has not won but two promotions on his CV, came in from Wickham on loan, and Jordan Maguire drew heading out on loan to his local club, Crawley Town. On the pitch, though, wasn't a great day at the office for us on Saturday as we were out fought, outboxed, and fell a bit short of our aim of beating Forest Green Rovers as we slipped to a 1-0 defeat. And with the division being as open as it is, this loss hasn't dented our playoff chances too much, despite others around us mostly winning. And with the away trip to Bolton Wanderers up next Saturday, the table could look much more positive for us this time next week, where we hope to be talking to you about a return to winning ways for the O's. So this is your normal prod to give us a review uh, and a rating on iTunes. None came in last week, disappointingly, so we're still stuck on 19. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in to Stitcher, add us to your favourites or give us a follow. That way you'll have the podcast available as soon as they are uploaded. And again, we're on all smart speakers. So Echoes, Alexas, any smart speaker that you have, we are on all of them. So listening to the podcast is so easy these days. And if you have a relative, a loved one, a friend, anyone who you think might like uh, myself and the Bearded Legends talking to you all through the week at Orient, please recommend the podcast. Don't forget to pass it on. Pass on the pod for us. So we'll be back with episode 233 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. And we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life, we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now.